Welcome to My Creative Corner 3, a podcast about quilting, creativity, crafting, and life in my northern town. Come back weekly and we'll chat about all the things that I'm working on. My name is Vicki Holloway and welcome to the podcast. It's the Post Quilt Con Podcast. I thought I'd divide this up into about three sections. One is the first day that I was there, it was all about the quilts. The second part will be day two, which is all about the people that I met. And day three was the wild ride home and lasting impressions that QuiltCon made. You know, I've been trying to go to QuiltCon for a couple of years, several years. I've been a member of the MQG for probably two or th- I want to say three or four years now. And then QuiltCon is in February and is a very difficult month to travel when you live in northern Michigan. And we get an average now of about 120 inches of snow. And this year, by the time QuiltCon rolled around, we had 93 inches of our 114. And 40 inches of that snowfall came in the last two to three weeks prior to QuiltCon. So there was a lot of stress in figuring out, um, will we be able to get back in the driveway if we have a blizzard while we're gone? Will we be able to get out at all with all the snow? Um, my mother-in-law was uh, bronchitis that led to a pneumonia. She, she was well taken care of and had a brief stay in the hospital. We had all the issues last summer with her being ill and You know, it just seemed like the whole universe was against me for months. The reno went over budget and it took really long. And then I had two physical injuries in about two weeks to three weeks before I went to QuiltCon. I got the rotator cuff injury and stinger in my neck from pulling on a door that was very old and heavy and the hydraulics froze and seized up on it. And then that healed up and then right before um, we left. So I want to say Tuesday before we got a lot of snow and I was outside snow blowing and trying to keep the driveway semi open because my husband was working 12 hour days plus and I wrenched my knee. It had been bothering me um, most of the winter, but I did the finishing touches on a twist. So I had to go to the doctor and all that. I healed up in time to go to QuiltCon and there was a little mix up with my vacation time even at work. So it was just one of those things that everything that could possibly be a barrier to me going, it happened. And I'm like, I'm never going to make it, just never going to make it. And when we left town on Tuesday, it was a little early because QuiltCon doesn't open till Thursday. And Wednesday night, I wasn't really planning on attending any of those ceremonies and that because I didn't know if I was going and didn't register. It was a beautiful sunny day, no problems. And we drove to Indianapolis the first day, which is about a six or seven hours. And then we drove four hours in and we were there early. We couldn't check into our Airbnb. And these were some of the things um, I thought. It's like, I'm here. I almost started crying. We had time. So we went to the two tourist things I wanted to see. Because we weren't sure 
if we were going to leave on Saturday or Sunday because the weather forecast was iffy. It was in the 50s. I didn't need a heavy jacket. I wore my lightweight jacket. I was sweating and I was hot because it was humid. Um, if you didn't know, Nashville has had some torrential downpours and it would continue to pour um, most of the time we were there. But Wednesday afternoon, it was just a little sprinkle. I could hear the robins singing wherever we went. And the robins um, are our summer bird. And I had seen on YouTube a couple of travelers who said, go to the Parthenon in Nashville. It wasn't much money to get in. It is a cement replica of the Parthenon in Greece. I mean, I believe it's an exact replica. It even had a huge, huge statue inside of one of the goddesses. And you can read all about it online. It was an amazing place. It even had a little space before you went up into um, the area that would have been the, quote, temple area of the Parthenon. It was a museum, a little bit about the Parthenon and Nashville's history, but it was also an art gallery. They had a display of mosaics that were amazing, little tiny tiles that were probably six by six, and they were made into art pieces, as well as a benefactor's personal art collection that he donated probably 50 plus years ago. You know, it's just so, it was so fun. And then we're like, well, we still have a little bit of time. So we checked into our Airbnb just to make sure where we were. And it was too early to like stay in for the night. It was too nice outside. So we drove over to Opryland Resort. And there's a nice shopping mall there and some restaurants. But I had also seen on YouTube, you could go into the atrium area it's all a tropical garden. It has a river, a little riverboat, and amazing plants. I went because I love, love the garden. And it was a long walk to get into the Opryland Resorts because we had we parked where it was free. It was a clearly marked path, but what was amazing, it was just a nice leisurely stroll through this tropical paradise. You could have a drink or their little shopping areas there and they had restaurants too. But as we got there, as the sun was setting, you could see the sunset as we walked in. And it just was a very sweet and nice stroll. There were um, not tons of people there, but some. And you could sit and chat on benches. And, and it was just really quite a lovely place. What is so funny, though, the entire time... What is it about people uh, meeting people from their home state? We met like a Michigan people wherever we went. Um, we'd bump into people and start chatting. Yeah, they actually have a cabin not too far from our house. Or, hey, they live a couple hours away. Did you know so-and-so? Yes, I did. I mean, it's just amazing how Michigan people always <laughs> find each other. So the first day of QuiltCon, I was so excited. I hardly slept the night before. I didn't know what to expect. The only other big quilt show I've ever been to, outside of even a couple of shows in my local area, 
is um, AQS Grand Rapids. And so that's the only comparison that I had as to what a quilt show might be like. I knew the MQG was the Modern Quilt Guild and I expected it to be all modern and it certainly was all modern and some very interesting displays. And they had a couple of other things that were not quilts that were also displayed there. And I really enjoyed that. I spent the first day mostly um, by myself walking the show and walking the vendor booth. I did meet one or two people that are friends online that I've never met before. I met Holly Ann at String and Story. I also met Francis off Kilter Quilt. And, you know, it was just so cool to meet people that I I really think of them as my friends, even though I've never met them face to face. And it was absolutely lovely to spend time with all of my friends. And I met more of them day two, and I'll talk more about that. But it was super, super cool because the first person I ran into, because there's a lot of people who are, quote, celebrities in the quilting world, was Marianne Fonz. I know Mary was there doing lectures and stuff, but I ran into her mom who was signing books uh, on her way to a booth. I shook her hand and said, hey, nice to meet you. I didn't have the guts to get a selfie with her. I also saw quite a few people that I recognize, you know, their um, YouTube channels or their podcasts and people in the sewing business. Um, they were there running their booth. I really, really, really had a couple of people I wanted to run into. And one was um, Katie Jones of I'm a Ginger Monkey. She did a show on QNN TV, which was a uh, subscription channel and I knew she was there demoing but I didn't run into her the first day and I was really enamored with the quilts so I took the time when I first got there to go around to the vendors first because um, the quilt show was really really packed and the first thing I bought was a sunflower thread cutter it's very cool if you chain piece, you can slide your chain pieces through and it will nip the threads in between your pieces. Um, it's supposed to not cut your fabric and it's supposed to be safe to use and not have your fingers get chopped. And I like that. So I bought for a very inexpensive price. It was like $12. The Sunflower Qu Quilts is the name of the company. The original thread cutter. Absolutely loved it. The other thing is when I was walking around the vendors in the first day, I've never been there early enough where they actually had giveaway stuff still. I got a little piece of fabric from the Bernina booth. It's a cute little um, patch that says little girls with dreams become women with vision. Women are strong. I love that. Going to make it into a little bag or something for my daughter. Uh, I ran into Debbie Maddie, who is the Shibori lady. She dyes her fabrics in the traditional shibori style. I made a couple quilts out of her fabric and I'm looking at her new pattern she gave me as well as a giveaway that Moda was giving was a little needle case and I got one. Um, I got these really cool patterns and Debbie does indigo workshops and all kinds of very cool things. She's a wonderful lady and I eventually got the guts up to get a selfie with her but I shook her hand and she and I chatted because we've had an internet um, following each other and chatting and um, it was just so much fun to meet her. I got lots of pins and bookmarks and information. Olfa is having their Ruby um, rotary cutter giveaway and I entered that. 
And they, of course, they had a little pin and a little thread cutter as a freebie. The other thing was Paintbrush Studios. I have only seen Paintbrush Studios at really um, online at, at Etsy shop and at QuiltCon. Everyone was talking about them because I think Jackie Gehring is uses a lot of their fabric. And so I stopped at their little booth and they had charm squares. That is, looks like there's seven or so of these five inch charm packs. So the contest is a contest is enter to win 25 yards of paintbrush studio fabrics. Use the charm back to create a quilt block that will truly blow us away. And so I have until the 31st to use these beautiful little charms and to make a brilliant quilt block. <laughs> brilliant. You know, I have no idea. I'm going to use, I'm going to use it though and enter the contest. I love their fabric. The only purchase I made was three one yard purchases and I happened to pick up white, teal, and orange. There's a little serendipity about that and we'll get back to it. And I bought the thread cutter and I bought a charm pack of Krista Watson's new um, abstract gardens. And I bought a couple of souvenirs from the MQG. I bought a the proverbial haystack magnetic needle nanny is what I always call them or a needle keeper. And I also bought uh, a postcard pack with iconic MQG quilts as well as an MQG sticker for my cutting bench that I want to put all the cute swags on it. While I was milling about, um, I really was taken with the quilts, but you can only do so many of them at once. And then you would go back to the vendors or go into the food area, which also was the demo area. And if I have to say there was one disappointment in QuiltCon is that I really had difficulty hearing the people doing demos. I know it's hard. There's a lot of people that had a microphone on it. it, it the demo seating was also doubled as the food vendor seating. So it was really kind of hard to see and hear. And um, I did take in a couple of demos, but I, I found it hard to see and hear. And I'm, I think I'm not the only one that had that issue. So when I got tired and I'd been there a while, I was like, you know, I want to do some of the demo things, you know, where they actually had places throughout the vendor booth where you could sit and sew and do things. Um, I never did get close enough to the cotton and steel demo. They had a make and take section, but they had some really cool fabric and things. But I did sit down for the hand sewing and they had a sulky product and I'm not really sure the name of this product. I've done some research on the internet and I think I know what it is, but it is a, it had printed, they ran it through a printer and it had a printed embroidery design. You peeled the back off, which was paper. You stuck it on, they had charm squares there for demonstrating purposes. You stuck it on, you do your hand embroidery, which they had some beautiful threads there to use. And then when you're all done, you're supposed to be able to put it in water in this um, stabilizer slash pattern will dissolve away. And then they gave me a coupon to go to the Sulky booth and get another um, free pattern. So the first one was a, tr a tulip and it was a traditional looking tulip, you know, the, for embroidery with leaves and um, 
pretty designs and the free one I'm just in love with. It is a paisley and you know, I'm a paisley person and their idea was fabulous. You can put this on like a jean jacket, stitch it, soak it, and it'll be perfect. So my dilemma on moving forward with my embroidery on my jean jacket has been solved because I went to QuiltCon and I tried this product and I love it. So I just have to figure out the name of it. Sulky, you should have put what the name of this stuff is. You didn't. You just, you gave the, um, he gave credit to the designer of the pattern. So I'm going to go to sulky.com and do some more research on the exact name of that product. If you know the name of the product, please let me know in the comments because I'm not 100% sure. And it's not on all any of the cards. I've been looking, really, really been looking. So I was just blown away by the the quilts that were there they had a nice section of a collection from the children's collection which were older quilts that had modern contemporary feel and my favorite one in that particular section was an applique piece um, from the 50s and it looked like um like a confetti quilt that I've seen on the internet currently, but this wasn't raw edge. It was all applique little spheres and pebbles and oblong shapes, and it was super cool. Um, the winners were amazing. The quilting in the best machine quilting was my favorite as far as quilting goes, and the improv was the winner and it was a group quilt which I understand a, a group of people have never won a prize or won best in show at QuiltCon. The minimalist quilts there were a lot of them and they were pretty cool but I'm just like you know I don't know that I'm a minimalist person or a minimalist lover. The challenge, the fabric challenge was by uh, a Michael Miller and those were pretty interesting because you could see all the different ideas from the same fabrics and I really really was in love with the little quilts there was a lot of amazing stitching and some of it was actually traditional paper piecing the one I really liked and it was a log cabin block that was tiny like maybe an inch it was super tiny and then some of the log cabins were rectangular around it and it made a circular mandala that one was amazing the other one um that i super super liked was it um had tons and tons of tiny little squares on it and long um strips that were all skinny probably a half an inch and the little squares were maybe half inch squares lots of tiny piecing was the theme of this particular show I really like that. I voted for that one for the People's Choice, but it didn't win. But it was still pretty darn cool. Um, the favorite parts, I think, for me is I like the modern traditionalism. It's always been my thing, I guess. That's what traditional fusion, I used to call it, is what it's being called now. What they did was they took um, blocks that were traditional blocks and their quilts were inspired by them. Some were actually straight up traditional quilts in modern fabrics with modern um, way of assembling it. And some of them were inspired by traditional blocks that they also made more of a modern. You know, um, I have to say that I really like that. I like the bright, bold, amazing Technicolor rainbow quilts that were just 
just took your breath away with the bright colors. Um, the neutral ones were, eh, they were not as much of my favorite. I loved the teal quilts. Um, there was one that was a winner and it had like fireworks on it. And it was teals on a background that was grays and whites with tons of piecing and subtle arcs in the piecing as well as tons of arcs in the um, quilting. And Christina Camelli, I can say, she was one of the very few people that had free motion quilting on her quilt. Everybody else was straight line stitching. And I had to say that I loved her sampler. It was a stitch sampler and it was very, very cool. So day one was all about the quilts. It was all about the experience of QuiltCon in the Music City Center. It was a beautiful venue. It was a large venue. It got hot for me in there. And so I would go out, take a break. Um, there's a little, couple little seating areas. I couldn't figure out where people were getting food. The little food court was okay. I had a sandwich there. It was a little expensive, but not. I've paid more at festivals. Water was expensive. And I realized that people were putting water bottles in their bags and just being subtle about not having open containers throughout the show. Um, so I took a water bottle. That's a rookie, rookie mistake because water was hard to come by and man, did I get hot. So that was day one of QuiltCon. I was thoroughly thoroughly excited and I will say that I had extremely high expectations of QuiltCon and I was not disappointed. Um, there was a few categories of things that I thought were underrepresented. Um, the show was curated to have a certain look and vibe and color and I, I get that. Um, it was a little more um, smaller than I expected in the aisles. But we'll talk more about my impressions of QuiltCon at the end of the podcast on to day two. So day two was interesting because there were lots of things that people were posting on Instagram that I couldn't find at the show. Like one was a Darth Vader quilt. And when I realized I'd walked by it five or six times because it was large and I didn't see the Darth Vader because you couldn't really step back and look at the quilts. I saw it. I was like, oh, how amazing. There were um, several quilts that were um, statements, you know, that you had to step back and really look at. Um, one was made, it was red with lots of elongated strips and it spelled poverty. And it said the title of that is some things are not easily seen poverty and it was a very cool quilt not something that I would normally make the other winner um was the was called burst that was the teal one that I was talking about so day two was all about going up close reading the plaques when I could get to them and the best um, machine quilting on a frame was called the modern drunk that one was amazing it was teals and and it was blues and, and grays. And I really liked that. The other thing is that it was tiny piecing. So what was super cool is tiny things like this teeny weeny log cabin, the teeny tiny Mandela log cabin. There was a small sewing 100 day project as well as small stitching and hoops 100 day project, which I had that idea last year too. And then I didn't do it. So this made me get motivated to do a thread 
stitching embroidery sampler in little four inch embroidery hoops and hang them on the wall. The collection was quite amazing. And the other fun one was called uh, Double Crossed. That was a two color quilt challenge. And, the, and then I didn't realize until I saw it on Instagram that my Instagram friend Paige Alexander won that. And then I ran into her first thing was Paige and her friend Patty. And I realized Patty was the same Patty of Elm Street Quilts, the hand pieced so long, Quilts Along project. I was so excited. So I started taking selfies. Patty and Paige were some of the first people that I met. And it was so cool. Um, who else did I meet? I met um, Stephanie Sobing of Quilt Addicts Anonymous. She had a booth there, got a picture of her, and I met Diane Harris of Stash Bandit. Now, Diane and I have known each other for a really long time, six, seven years. Um, I used to do some block testing for Quilt Maker 100 magazine, and she was affiliated with Quilt Maker back then, and it was so cool to meet her. And then I met Jen, Quilt and Jenny, I have done blog hops with her and I hadn't met her before. It was so cool. The first day she was in a class and like I said, I met Debbie Maddie and then I've been looking and looking because I was on the MQG. It was a committee for individual members and trying to enhance the experience of individual members and Shruti was on that, Shruti Dandekar. I got to meet her in the swag booth and Andy, the sewing doc. Um, I'm on Quilts for Cure committee. Well, the board is me and Andy and Holly Ann and we've never met in person and I saw her. And I also saw, met some lovely people from the podcast audience. I met Cindy and I met Gretna Gretchen. It was Glenna and her husband. It was so cool to meet them. And I actually also met Andra and Andra Meigs. Uh, it was wonderful to, to meet people who listen to the podcast and we got to chat about the trip down and we're racing the storm back Saturday because by the Friday, which was the second day of QuiltCon, I knew we were in for a big storm and it was supposed to hit Saturday night into Sunday. I met so many people and as introverted as I am, I was not exhausted by the end of the day. I thought I would be, I got a little overwhelmed with the quilts and trying to process all the beauty of the quilts and reading all the plaques and remembering all the stories. And then I had a big relief when I got back to the Airbnb that most of the information that I really wanted to remember was immortalized on Instagram as people were sharing and posting pictures of the, the artist statements, which were on their little plaques and going back through and, and looking at the hashtag QuiltCon 2019. It really helped me because I didn't get pictures of everything, but there were some amazing things that people were lingering and really looking at. And one is uh, Sam Hunter's quilt, Why I'm a Feminist. And it's a, when you, you see that, but then when you get up close, the whole thing is made up of words that why she's a feminist. The 
just super cool. Now the youth aisle, I didn't get to look down too much the first day. So the second day I went, it was so cute seeing all those kids there with her parents and getting their pictures in front of their quilts. And I spent lots of time going to Francis's quilt, even on the second day and looking at how beautiful her quilt called Sitin is. And I had forgotten until the second day that in the border, she had quilted, um, I believe it says sit with me or sit by me. Um, it was just one of those quilts where it wasn't too political, but just the whole come sit with me in all these chairs. And I loved it. I thought it was great. And you know, people going to a show, you cannot capture in a photograph some of the super amazing depth and detail of a quilt. The one that I also thought was super fun on day two was a teeny tiny hexi. There were probably only a half inch um, hexagons. That, that was amazing. So meeting people, getting all kinds of inspiration and looking at the quilts, you really do have to take your time. And I can understand now why people go to a show more than one day, because you're able to linger and look at the quilts, see them at different times of the day. Even the lighting inside doesn't change. The people around it changed and they, I felt like the lighting changed. Reading up on the ones that I found super interesting and that was really, really cool. So I want to end on what are my impressions of QuiltCon? QuiltCon is like no other quilt show I've been to where the celebrities and people of businesses were there. Um, you know, a lot of the booths I've been to actually had people who owned the business or were the face of the business were there. Other shows I've been to, no. So that was cool that you could actually chat with people that you wanted to talk to. And the person that I really, really wanted to see on day two, I met in the elevator and that was Katie Jones. <laughs> she directed me on how to find um, my the lunch place that I met, um, an online friend who was also in the committee that I was on. And I did get a selfie with Judy and we had a fine lunch and a wonderful time. And she really wants me to retire and move to Florida with her. <laughs> uh, it, it was so hot though. I have to think about that. Um, and so that was super cool that I just realized that everybody there was celebrating modern quilting because there is no other show that has so many modern quilts and the color was amazing. The workmanship was good. The teeny tiny stitching was insane on those tiny little miniature, super miniature quilts. And I was inspired for the piecing. Um, but what was underrepresented was free motion quilting. I only saw a couple of quilts that were free motion quilted and only one or two were all free motion quilted. I would love to see more free motion quilting represented at QuiltCon. I would also love to see a more diverse color palette being um, accepted. Um, I think they did a little better this year, but I think 
people need to be careful when they're curating a show so that it's not so homogenous that you're like, oh, another row of this color palette. Oh, another row of rainbow. Oh, another row of rainbow. You know, sometimes we have to, you know, look at things that are a little bit unexpected. And there were a few quilts there that were non-political, which, you know, I'm not a big political quilt fan, but there were a few there and they were amazing. But there was a huge bumblebee quilt. I loved it. It had honeycombs in the background. That was super cool. Um, words and quilts. You know, I'm not a humongous fan of it, but it was there and, but it wasn't as overly done as what I have seen online in quilt cons in the past. So my impression of quilt con is I would go again. I totally loved it. So the thing that I want to also emphasize is there's a second show and a surprise within quilt con and that is all of the fabulous modern quilts in the vending booth booths overall i had the most wonderful time looking at the vendor booths and all the quilts and fabrics in there i didn't buy tons of it i'm not a shopper and a buyer of many things but remember that serendipitous purchase i talked about the orange the teal and the white of the paintbrush studio fabrics yes curated quilts that was my favorite booth it probably had some of the all-time favorite booths, of, you know, quilts in the entire show. Seriously, I love those quilts so much. And I was there enough and I took enough pictures that the lady in the booth gave me a card, a call for entries. Um, you have to know that, remember, I said I don't particularly like words in quilts, but the chance a challenge. And I may rise to this challenge. Well said, read between the seams, mini quilt challenge. Oh, this sounds like me. And the color palette is exactly the fabric that I bought. I loved Curated Quilts booth so much that I may have to uh, buy some of these issues in the future. Gorgeous quilts. So what did you think about QuiltCon? Did you go? Did you see things online? Do you agree with me about my observations? Um, just know if you go, it gets bigger every year. They said there were probably 7,000 people each day that I went there or close to that. It was a lot of folks. It was wonderful. The energy was just palpable in the air. It was really, really quite amazing. And I came home excited and energized and dreaming about projects and working on these little challenges. And I'm definitely researching that sulky product. I think it's stick and stitch. Does that sound familiar? Anybody? Let me know in the comments below and let me hear about what your thoughts were on QuiltCon. I always like to ask and invite people to buy me a virtual cup of coffee. You can do that on my website I also have real coffee cups with the podcast logo and tote bags with the logo for sale in a Etsy shop. All of that can be accessed on my website at mycreativecorner3.wordpress.com. And please leave a review for me on iTunes or wherever you are listening to the podcast. It would be great to help encourage people to quilt and grow the community and be excited about all of the things that we're making and doing. So I did come home to recuperate. Now Saturday we drove 
12 hours straight to get home. It was a real big push because we knew a blizzard was coming. We beat the blizzard home, hit a little ice about 100 miles from home, and I recuperated by hand sewing on Sunday, and Monday was a bonus snow day, vacation day, and Judy told me how she made her infinity scarf, and I liked it so much that I made two of them. I had eight fat quarters that was given to me for a job, and they were too pretty to put in sparkly, to put in a quilt, but they made fabulous infinity scarves and that tutorial is up on our creative souls if you're interested on how I made it using the tips from Judy that I had over lunch. Everybody have a most wonderful week. Quilt on everyone! <laughs>